Our next guest is the illustrious, the wonderful, the talented Fat Tony. Hey! DJ, writer, crime guy. He does everything. He does everything. And I'm actually tired of you doing stuff, man. Can you stop doing stuff? I'll never get tired of it, man. You know, I'm here for... Can I can I curse on your show? Hell yeah, you can. You fucking can say what you want. I mean, how hard I am. I'm a G. I'm here for a fucking purpose, and uh, I'm gonna live it up. That's what's up. I hope y'all can see me wearing this beautiful rocket shirt. I'm trying to represent for the hometown, man. It, it's just audio. Ain't that something? Well, I got <laughs> all dressed up for nothing. I should. Did you really? That, oh, that's adorable. <laughs> send me send me the picture, and I'll I'll put it out. Don't actually don't send me a picture. I'm showing naked ass in the great state of Texas. <laughs> I live in Los Angeles right now, but I wanted to, you know. Show the people out there how I get down and where I'm from. That's right. So you're from here, Third Ward area? Third Ward, that's right. Houston, Texas. Scott and South McGregor, that's my hood. That's right. And you recently released a, uh, a little uh, record, McGregor Park, which I love. Thank you. Thank I you love so it. Much. Yeah, I have a new album out right now. Um, it's called McGregor Park. It's eight songs, 30 minutes long. You can get through it fairly quickly. You can actually play it several times. And I'm really proud of it. I think it's my best album yet. I would agree with that. It's good. It's like, it's fun without being like a hokey fun, if that makes sense. Totally. Like, I don't know. Fun's like a, not a good word to use, but it, it's like, it's light. Like, it's, it makes you feel good. And you usually don't get that with hip hop. And I love it, man. It's got a great vibe to it down with i can never be hokey man i'm no it's, it's not in my dna to be a cornball <laughs> no and that's what that was my point like it's not like it feels good and it's not cornball stuff at all it's it, it's it's so good thank you man i love this ego stroke and keep it up baby <laughs> look if there's one thing i can do it's that yes like, that's like the only thing i can do so what so tell us about what your thoughts were seeing all the footage of the flood man seeing the city underwater like the bridge right there right at uh 45 and 59 you know going towards third ward right there just underwater i think it's fucked up man it's scary obviously you know as soon as i saw that all i thought about was all the poor people that are going to be affected by this who don't really have the resources to, to bounce back from it i've lived through several hurricanes in houston none to this magnitude at the worst during hurricane ike we were out of power for a, a week um yeah. back in the we would have to go and get a, a hotel or a motel somewhere to like spend the night just to get out of, out of our house to make sure nothing happened to me or my sibling. And, you know, it's just painful, man. It's just painful seeing so many people lose it all. You know, I kind of know a, a little bit what that's like. I had a house fire when I was 11 years old and we lost everything. Oh, and yeah, man. Jeez. Just to revisit that memory and think about how people are going through it right now already just like tears me apart to be honest well that's that's kind of one of the reasons we wanted to do this fundraiser so and we're going to give directly to the people of houston we're not going to give to any of the the big organizations so we can actually know that it, it goes to helping people so i'm glad you, you decided to come on and do this and help the people out some so we appreciate it totally and i appreciate y'all being thoughtful enough to want to give it to an organization that you know is going to help the people and not yeah i mean yeah, I, I, I don't know who's bad or who's not. On the you know, people say the Red Cross is crooked. I don't know any. I don't know any of that. But I know that I can give it directly to somebody. I don't have to mess with any of that. So we're yeah, trying to help the city. Play it safe, you know. For sure. So tell me about. We're gonna go from the bad news of the flood 
which we all know is the worst. To tell me about the charge game project you, you're working on. That's kind of the group thing, oh, which I think is super dope as well. Thank you. So I have a project called Charge It to the Game. It's me and a guy named Kyle Mapson. He is an LA legend known yeah. for some of his like visual art. He's booked a lot of legendary shows down at venues like The Smell. He's just a real serious, culturally important guy here in LA. Yeah. I've been friends with him for years. And this is our first time making music. We put out an EP last year called Urban Hall of Fame because we couldn't get into the rock and roll one. <laughs> that record came out on Waves label, Ghost Ramp. And we just finished our proper LP, which is entitled House with the Pool. That's coming out early next year. Nice. Is that uh, the video you had on Instagram? I watched it like three times today. I was just I was just checking out some stuff. And there was like the uh, you did like a live performance at the studios or something. And I was like, this is so dope. I watched yeah. it three or four times. Thank you, man. Yeah, man, Charge to the Game actually hasn't played a show yet. We're, we're playing our very first show here in Los Angeles at the Echo with Alice Glass on September 14th. L.A. people, I know where you will be September 14th. Yeah, man, tickets. Check it out. The show is sold out, but I think they're going to have some more tickets at the door, and it's totally worth it. It's going to be our first time trying it out. We need all the support that we can. You know, feel free to cheer, boo, heckle, just give us something. <laughs> just be there. Give, give, as long as you're paid, it's all good. Nobody's booing you, man. I, I know how you get down on stage. You you never had a bad show in your life. And if you did, people didn't know it. Actually true. <laughs> <laughs> no, you. it's it's always very, very hype. Like, the energy's always so good that there's. it doesn't matter. Everybody always has a good time. Thank you, man. I, I like try to keep the energy up. I feel like... The whole purpose of a show isn't just the performance. Like, it's everything. It's 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 my look on stage. It's my mannerisms. It's the stage banter. It's the performance. It's the songs I choose. It's the setting. And I try to keep mindful of all of those areas so people leave with something. You know, a lot of time when I see an artist that I've never heard of, I'm more engaged with one aspect of the show than, than the other. And that's enough to draw me in you know some of the yeah. shows i've seen i've seen an artist go out there with songs that i've not been familiar with but i've enjoyed them but something about their stage banter made me want to listen back or maybe it's the opposite maybe something about the songs that was so compelling that made me want to look them up on spotify or check them out on instagram and i'm always trying to have that kind of connection with my audiences too like i know you first first of all if you're going to be a good entertainer you have to be able to entertain every crowd. Every yep. crowd needs to leave feelings, feeling something. I don't know if it's going to take you telling a good joke or playing a great song or looking really cute. You just need to be able to get up there, check out the audience, know what that venue calls for, and nail it every time. And that's what I try to do. Okay, so that's a there's approach. no way to have a bad show. If, if I'm having a bad show, I'm just not trying. You know? Hey, that's a good attitude. It's a good attitude to have. Everybody listening, get a better attitude. As I, I was complaining about doing this, like, up 10 minutes in, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, all right, so when you were starting out rapping, coming from Houston, how did you not adopt the slab style of Houston rap? I think that's, that's really cool. And I, I, I mess with a lot of the rappers from the city that don't have that style for, for even that reason just alone. Just like, because I, I like it, but it is what it is. 
I never wanted to sound like any, any anyone else. I, I didn't even want to sound like other artists in Houston who I felt like were doing something different than like the mainstream sound of the time, which was like Swisher House, yeah. Paul Wall, Slim Thug. You know, I didn't want to sound like them. And I also didn't want to sound like underground guys like Chaotix or any other Houston artist. You know, I really wanted to come with something totally original. Granted, you know, everything takes a bit from something else. So, sure, you, you could find traces of various styles and various artists and like what I do, especially what I did coming up. But I've tried to always emphasize parts of me that I didn't see anyone else doing because I knew that's what makes folks stick around. That's what makes me care about an artist. You know, it's so it's it's so easy to be good. It's one thing to be unique. So I always focus on originality first from day one. That's that's good. Were you were you listening to that stuff? Did you like it, or did you not even mess with it because you were kind of on your own wave and you were kind of do your own thing? Absolutely, man. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a serious music fan. I fuck with everything. You know what I mean? Growing up, especially, I was all about Houston rap, especially 90s Houston rap. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. Screw, Screwed Up Click, Scarface, Street lots military. of rap. Shit, UGK, Street yeah. Military, K Reno. I really like that stuff. Also, around the same time, I was really in, in the Bay Area rap, so I listened to Hella E40. Mac Dre, Mac Mall, Hieroglyphics, Too Short. And I also was a big fan of this movement that happened on the East Coast called Native Tongues, which was like De La yeah. Soul, called Quest. So I really tried to take Native Tongues, Bay Area rap, and Houston rap and bring it into one thing, which for a lot of people got, I mean, which, which to like a lot of people felt like outcast in a certain sense, so I would get compared to that. Some of it felt like Kanye West because I was because of my look or whatever you know what i mean but, yeah uh, yeah i don't think I'll, any of that works honestly I, if they're trying and stretching it but that that doesn't really apply yeah i like drew from all those things man and i still do today like i always it's funny how i always go back to some of those, those same songs that i loved when i was like coming up in like the mid-2000s like to this day those are still some of the most played songs for me and that's really where i look at my foundation you know I was really fucking with everything that was popular at, at, at the time. Like, I was a big fan of The Pack and Lil B. You know, Lil B wasn't, like, solo yet, but, but The Pack was popping with their van song. I was really into skateboarding. They, they were from the Bay Area. It just made sense. I was a big fan of Lil Wayne. That was, like, the height of his career, I feel like, when he was doing mixtapes, like, Dedication oh, yeah. 1, Dedication 2, albums like The Carter 1, 2, and 3, you know, squad up mixtapes that he used to do, like, he was untouchable. That that Wayne is when they say that he's maybe the best ever. Mixtape Wayne is one of the best hip hop artists of all time. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. And see, did you talk about the the Bay rappers? Houston was connected back then when we were more lyrical. They were we were connected with the Bay. I don't know if it was the rap a lot thing and E Forty connected, but we seem to be messing with the Bay a lot. I, I remember you know seeing it when I was coming up. I heard that one connection is through Screw. DJ Screw said in several interviews, you can Google him now if you want, D DJ Screw said that his favorite rapper was this guy named Sebo, who is from Sacramento. And I know that Screw also put Bay Area artists like Mac Mall and E-40 and Too Short on his mixtapes. So I bet through tapes that Screw made, through his curation, a lot of Houston people got put on to a lot of Bay shit. 
you know? Yeah, and then UGK was doing songs with Too Short, and uh, and then E-40, they were all just kind of connected, Scarface and E-40, and like, it was just, I remember that from the 90s, that that they were doing a bunch of songs together, because I was, I got super into Too Short and then the Bay Area as well, when I was, when yeah. I was coming up too. I also feel like, there was a big connection of independent rap labels. So if you had an independent label, no matter where you were from, you probably knew some of your peers and uh, competitors, like Rap-A-Lot guys, Sick Witted Records guys, um, you know, No Limit, Three oh, yeah. his label, all those guys kind of ran with each other. They kind of worked this, this, the same markets, this, this, the same record stores, probably toured along the same paths and i think that had to do with the connection greatly yeah and like the branding too i remember with in no limits peak if that had that gold tank on it or the diamond tank on it i was buying it even even if it was garbage and i had no idea who the person was if it had that tank on it during the peak i don't care if it was c murder's little cousin who can't speak i was still buying the record to see what was going on yeah i don't know no limit was killed it and I go back and listen to it now, and I and that see I don't think it holds up. I don't think that that stands the test of time. You know, Master B, he has a huge Bay Area connection. He lived in the Bay, and when he lived in the in the Bay, it's when he he started working at a record store and and started the No Limit label. No Limit started in the Bay Area in Richmond, California, and then he moved back to his hometown of New Orleans. I did not know that. Makes sense. Yeah, for deep connection right there for you. Look! Look at that! Tying it all, tying it all together. Yeah, Funny. dude, I'm a big nerd when it comes to this rap shit. And I think you have to. I, I, I and that's why I, kinda, I don't like some of the newer guys when they come out and they're not necessarily disrespecting the old stuff because I'm sure they get tired of hearing "Why aren't you like Nas? Why aren't you like this?" But I don't like disrespecting the the people that came before you. I, it's just not. It's not my thing. Nah, man, I've I've always had a respect for like the history of music. You know, if I fuck with a certain genre, I want to know everything I can know about it. And that's how I feel makes it more interesting for me as a listener when I can trace where the genre or or the or the band or the local scene started up to now. It just gives me a deeper appreciation and just shows me like what it's really about. Because if you don't know about nineties Houston rap and you listen to us making music now, you're gonna miss out on a whole lot. You're gonna not get a lot of reasoning but behind why we're independent behind why we use certain like slang terms certain production styles all that's super important if you want to appreciate us fully i completely agree there's one of my prerequisites when i'm dating a new girl i give her like an hour and a half long vocabulary h-town rap vocabulary lesson and history yeah. from screw and all the words i was like this is what a slab is these are elbows <laughs> i'm like this is 84s it's made, you know and i and i do it seriously i'm not even kidding <laughs> i was like you need to know this so you know what they're talking about when i'm playing this stuff Totally, She's like, dude. you're weird, man. <laughs> What's up? Totally, dude. I totally agree with you, man. You, like, have you to know what coming down candy on 84s is. If you don't know what elbows poking out is, then I, I can't help you. You are going to miss out on what half the song's about. You know? Right. Exactly. Even if it's about, you know, your car. That doesn't mean anything. But you need to know. I mean, they talk about Dayton's and all that stuff in L.A. You got to, this is our thing. So. Coming down is a very specific term. Like, if you announce that you're coming down somewhere... It isn't just like you're just showing up and you're and you're stressed out and you're off work mm-hmm. and your clothes are looking janky. If you're coming down, it means you came down to shine. You know what I mean? You're making an appearance. 
hoping that people will be impressed by you. And if you don't get the context of that and don't get what the artist's mood is, how can you understand the rest of his expression? You know? Right. No one's coming down when they're depressed. No, that, that's the, like the literal definition. It's like, I'm coming down, I am depressed. But if you're, you're not coming yeah. down, you're definitely not coming down. Nope, and you're not breaking yeah. boys off either. <laughs> the, t- the two very important... Uh, you know, you uh, use that in the wrong context, somebody might be... <laughs> somebody might be totally confused. Yeah. Yeah, I, I never really... I didn't even think about that just because it's so ingrained. I never even thought about breaking actual boys off. <laughs> hey, man. Somebody out there has and might use that term for evil, but not I. Yeah, then we didn't. That's an even more of a reason to definitely specify definitions and where we're standing and and the lineage of that word because we are the phrase because we cannot. We can't go that way. I mean, unless you want to. I mean, if that's your thing, go for it. You know. Yeah, man. I'm not gonna break boys off that way. <laughs> I'm just not like it's just the thing. The thing I do. All I do when I say I'm breaking boys off is stunt. Yeah, I like to keep it that way. Yep. Yep. You definitely have to have to stunt on them. I love saying it as nerdy as I possibly can. You got anything? <laughs> yeah. So you're so so you're DJing in uh, Austin tomorrow night. I am going to DJ, do a live performance, and host an event for Volcom in Austin, Texas, tomorrow, nice. Saturday, September 9th, which is also the anniversary of when Chris Rock hosted the Video Music Awards in 1999. I'm hoping to harness some of that historical energy and say something funny. You need you, if you need any great jokes, don't hire me. But um, Dude, DM me, DM me some some fucking jokes. Yeah, man. yeah, get, yeah. I, I got you. I'm gonna be bored doing this show anyway. I'm not gonna pay attention to half of it. So yeah, I'll just write some bits for you. Please come on. We'll get you. We'll get we'll get that Chris Rock energy that I obviously possess. Clearly, I'm a Chris <laughs> Chris Rock guy. Yes, come on. I think everybody everybody's a Chris Rock person. If you're not a Chris Rock person, then I I don't know who. You, I don't know what your deal is. But, dude, if, if you're in Austin, come and hang out with me tomorrow, man. Um, even if you're in Houston, Dallas. Yeah, drive up. Who gives a fuck? It's one day. I'm in Texas for 24 hours. I'm performing at the Volcom Garden. It's on East 6th Street. If you go to Volcom's Instagram, you'll, you'll find the info. But the thing's totally free, man. Just, just show up it's from 8 p.m. until midnight. You're going to get some free drinks. A free show, a free DJ set, some free laughs, free, 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 free. That sounds awesome. It really does. Free. And get get his record. Like get all of them. Get all the projects. Yeah. Don't stop messing around. In the streaming world, you can get all of them at once. Yeah, don't dude, do it right now. Five. Enough of your nonsense, people. No excuses. Just go get it. Turn on your fucking app and press play. And yeah, press and, and download it. Put it on your phone. Don't stream it. Put it on your phone. Yes. You idiot. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of them. And they haven't said anything, but I feel like they're, they're just being difficult, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> I, have your, I have your albums on, on the phone, so like, I, I feel like they should have to download them, too. So, yeah, get his records. Stop. Just don't make excuses. Donate to the charity and get Fat Tony's records. Like, that's the only thing I can, I can tell you in this instance. I like the way you bully your audience. Yeah, I hate them. I, they know that. I don't <laughs> like them at all. I really don't. Like, I don't even respect them, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't. I hate them all. I hate all of you people. I don't. I'm just kidding. I'm not kidding at all. In fact, Tony, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you coming on and taking the time out to uh, talk a little hip-hop and uh, BS a little bit. Come on the show. Uh, 
we really appreciate it. I appreciate it too, man. Good luck with this marathon. Um, I hope you got plenty of caffeine pills. I do not. I have. I do have drugs, though. <laughs> okay, great. Even better. Perfect.